Hey guys, it's Bitches Don't Brunch. I'm Liz. And I'm Montana. Wee! We just did a tea time about how much we hate our jobs. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. To be fair, we didn't say we hate our jobs. It was implied. <laughs> no. No, I was mostly, we were talking about how our hands are hurting. So if you guys want to, and other stuff. Um, if you guys want to hear that, you should get on Tea Time. A long time ago, I think it was our very second episode, we did mm-hmm. massage, massage do's, and, and yeah, do's and don'ts. And so we kind of did that again, just uh, condensed. Yeah. And condensed. things we don't like and like and critique and what you should and shouldn't do on Tea Time. So. Yeah. And honestly, like, I love the flexibility of it. I like to meet people. But I mean, you've been doing this for 10. I've been doing it for nine. Like, I'm starting to feel it physically. Mm-hmm. Me too. So we can't be sugar babies. Because <laughs> we are in relationships. Oh, that's where you're, Okay, I was like, we not be sugar babies because we're not young enough. That's no, how my mind went. No, absolutely There's not. There's some seventy year old guys out there. I'm sure some. We're very young and hot, so fuck it. I don't care. Thirties is the new fifties. <laughs> or wait, no. Wait, thirties is what? the new. What? Thirties is the new fifties. I'm sorry. It didn't make sense. Don't time. age me already. Fifties is the new thirties, and thirties. I'm already is the depressed new 20s. about getting older next month. Same. I'm. I, it's just a few more days until my birthday, so. 30s is a new 50s? I didn't mean oh it. Oh, my God. The 50s is a new 30s, and 30s uh. is a new, like, 20s. I would say teens, but that's creepy because we don't want anyone lusting over teens. That's fucking weird. You can only lust over a teen if you are a teen. That's yeah, it. that's normal. That's normal. Anything else is fucking creepy. So is a 50-year-old lusting over a mid-30-year-old girl creepy? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so either. I don't think so. Okay. I think like 70 I mean, 50s and 30s. is a new 30s, so maybe exactly. they feel 32. Exactly. They're like, I'm young, I'm sexy, I'm free. No. <clears throat> but so we can't be sugar babies because we have boyfriends. Okay. I just love that that's why you can be a sugar baby. And I was like, are we just not <laughs> young, <laughs> young enough? No, no. I would mm. never say that. I mean, my mom was getting head on by older men in Ireland. They, like, wanted to snatch that bitch up. <laughs> so there's always hope. <laughs> Did she let them? No. Dad had just died. Like, this oh, man was okay. like, yeah, this okay. man was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're here alone? And she was like, no, I'm with my daughters. And he was like, so uh, your husband is uh, he's, he's home? Or she's like, my husband died. He's oh. like, oh, how, how long ago? <laughs> and she's oh like, six months. And he was like, mm, that's uh, mm, interesting, interesting. Um, you uh, you stand here for? She's like, dude, no, get out of here. I was like, okay, Betty. Were they older or younger? Oh no, they were older. She was like, all these old fishermen were hitting on me. I was like, at least you got a head on. <laughs> like, Betty, now it's your turn to find a hot, or it doesn't even have to be hot. No offense, just like a rich older man. Mom, it's it's on you. Go find us a rich older stepdaddy. <laughs> Betty's a very fiery woman. She is. I didn't love that. Well, it's funny, too, because Grandma Ruth, my grandma and her mom, um, there was this really rich man that was, like, in love with my Grandma Ruth. 
like in love with him. And this is after her husband, my mom's dad passed away. But like grandma Ruth, like didn't want to be with him. Cause she said like, she's like, I like want a man that remembers me when I was young. She's like, I don't want to be with a man that just sees me now. And mom was like, okay, but like he's rich. <laughs> but grandma is rich. So I'm saying this to Betty now. It's your turn. Correct grandma Ruth's mistake. <laughs> And find a sugar daddy. Thank you so much. I mean, if you ever want company and go back to Ireland. I would love to go back to Ireland one day. But I'm going to go to Italy first. Same. Because i already been to Ireland. <laughs> I have two. Twice. So I'm good on Ireland for a bit. But Italy, Greece. Oh, my God. I would love to. Spain. I mean, shit. I'd love to go Spain. to Spain. I'm good with Spain. You'll love Spain. Spain is so beautiful. There's a lot to do there. But, you know, I basically felt like I lived there for a month. So I'm like, yeah, oh, okay. On the Camino. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, all right. Yeah. That's what's up. I'd rather go somewhere else. I hear you. But anyway, we're thinking of like possible different careers. Um, be cool if we could launch this podcast into the ether and become famous podcasters. I'm cool with that. I would love to do this for a living. I absolutely would. And then you get so much more content. Basically what we're saying is tell a friend and then that friend tells a friend and that, and then we'll get famous. Word of mouth is a very powerful thing. It is. I, I absolutely agree. When I like something, I tell everyone. I, I noticed I do the same thing. Yeah. 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 It's just like, like when I have like really good service or I have a really nice customer service agent, I'm like, Hey, can I talk to your manager so I can give you a good review or whatever? Cause I feel like that needs to be recognized. Same with like, I love like national park after dark or sinisterhood or two girls, one ghost. Like, and like, I will tell everyone basically help, help, help a girl out. Help a girl out. Help a bitch out. Okay. Do you have Rex this week? No, I have a non-rec. Okay. I've got some of those too. Let's go. So tell us. Uh, so last night we watched It Comes at Night and it was not good. Really? No. That sucks. No. Was Would it you... as bad as It Follows? That movie sucked. Uh, it Follows was better. Oh, I hate It Follows. What a I hate that movie concept. too, but I just feel like this movie was just so bad. I just, I can't explain it. it like, was, not scary at all. It's so hard to talk about it with not getting anything, giving anything away. So it's kind of like a post-apocalyptic scenario. There's mm-hmm. a disease. It doesn't talk about where the disease came from, what the disease is, but basically, you know, kills a lot of people. So it's about survival. Okay. And it's two families trying to survive together. And that's all I'm going to say. I fucking hate post-apocalyptic movies. I do too. I it was them. it was very hard. I don't like them either because one, they can be triggering for me. Because mm-hmm. of your thyroid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, it was just kind of boring. It didn't really grab your attention. There were some moments where you're like, kind of like, oh, like suspense and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's just, I don't like when it's, how do I explain this? When it's so psychological. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. There you go. Okay. And no wrecks. Not that I can think of the top of my head because that movie really stuck out last night. And I was just like, well, I'm doing the podcast with Liz tomorrow. So I'm definitely, definitely going to say this is a non-wreck. And the only reason why we watched it because I had a coworker recommend it. And then my boyfriend kept pushing it. He's like, let's just watch it. Let's just watch it. 
And then I was like, no, I think it's going to be bad. And then it was terrible. Even he was like, what the fuck? I hate when like a movie looks like it's going to be really cool. And then it really just sucks. Especially a horror movie. Because like we want to be scared. We Like we love horror movies. It's just with the paranoia and psychological aspect of it. It just... It's, it can be so triggering, and I just, it's so frustrating to watch people act like idiots. No, I totally get that. When you're screaming at the TV the whole time. If you want to give it a try, it's only like an hour and 30 minutes. Nah. Okay. That's all I got. I got <laughs> that you. That is all I got. I got you. Okay. I understand. <sighs> okay. Well, um, I'll start on Rex first. So I finished Breaking Bad, finally, after ages and years and centuries. <laughs> I finally finished it. It was really sad. Okay, guys, uh, spoiler alert. Skip ahead a minute. In Breaking Bad, I figured that it had to end with Walt dying. Mm-hmm. And Jesse got out, which is really all I fucking cared about at that point. Just letting Jesse be free. I mean, it's sad he died, like alone like and his family like fucking hated him and thought that he killed hank which he didn't i guess but inadvertently he did yeah so inadvertently he killed hank even though he wasn't the one that pulled the trigger and he was trying to save him still amazing series really really amazing series the character development the arcs amazing wonderful great show a wonderful cinematography the little easter eggs and stuff the foreshadowings great It was just really dark, Mm. but I finished it so very quickly. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I need a break. It was like three podcasts ago. You're like, so we started Breaking Bad and Mm, we're here today. So we're finished with Breaking Bad. Yeah. Well, my boyfriend's obsessed with that show. So, but he loves Better Call Saul the most, so. I'm not going to recommend the new Crescent City book yet because I haven't finished it, but I'm reading Crescent City 3, so stay tuned. I also started um, the show The Bear. Did you ever watch The Bear? Uh-uh. It's Never about a guy either. that's, like, taking over his, like, family's restaurant. It was left to him in a will, and he used to work in New York at this, like, one of the top restaurants. And it's just sort of about the dynamics in that restaurant and everyone that I've worked in that has worked in a restaurant is like, oh, if you've worked in a restaurant, like all of this will resonate with you. And just like watching the first few episodes, I was like, yep, <laughs> I remember this so fucking well. Plus, there's something about the guy in it in like a chef uniform. Oh, it gets me. Really? A oh. chef's uniform? Well, no, it's not what you're thinking. Like he's wearing like a like a white t-shirt, jeans and like a like an apron. But, like, watching him, like, work on the stove and, like, he's got, like, the the hair. I don't know. He looks like a hipster with, like, an apron. And I'm fucking all about that shit. Yeah. I, I, I've hooked up with a lot of guys in restaurants. I feel like that's a hookup industry. Oh, it is. Like, I worked in the industry for maybe, like, two years. And everyone was hooking up with everybody. I worked for over ten. And I was proud of myself. I only hooked up with one guy. I'm not going to tell you how many men I hooked up with in the rest of But my point is, I think you see it, too. Yeah. Everyone's hooking up with everybody. Everybody. Oh, yeah. There. I mean, there were all these things. Like, I remember there were these two girls. They were friends. And then they stopped being friends because I'm going to call her Ashley. Ashley took my friend J- Jane's car and totaled it when she was drunk one night. 
that strained the friendship. I would, yeah, yeah. But then what ended the friendship was that Jane found Ashley with her boyfriend in bed. And that's just some of it. That's like just waiting. some of the drama. And then I started at this one restaurant and this bitch decided she hated me because her boyfriend like had a crush on me. And I was like, bitch, I just got here. What do you want from me? It's a mess. But yes, there was one particular person that I hooked up with in restaurants. Whew. I'm not going to get into it, but he was very fiery. And it kind of turned me on watching him like yell and like throw things on the ground when he got mad. (laughs) No, I do. I was like, he was like, God damn it. And he'd like throw this. And I was like, "Mm, (laughs) what's wrong with me? I don't know. I would love someone to send in like a listener story about like restaurant stories. We could do a whole thing on restaurant stories. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. So anyway, that is to say that I am beginning the bear and I like it. Okay. And then, this is my last one, and then I want to talk to you about a non-rec that I had. So I was in a really sad mood, and one of my clients brought up Terry Pratchett, who's an amazing author, and he brought up this movie called The Hogfather, which I hadn't watched in so long. So I like came home and I told my boyfriend, we're watching The Hogfather tonight, and he's like, okay, <laughs> what the fuck is that? And I was like, I can't tell you, you have to watch it. And he kept looking at me and going like, this is the weirdest fucking movie I have ever seen. And I was like, I know! I've never heard of it. So it's basically about, there's like this guy, it's instead of Christmas, it's called like Hogsmas. And like the Hogfather looks like Santa, but he's like, kind of looks more like a pig. He's got like tusks and stuff. It's like a whole thing. He's a sweetheart. But there's like, um, I mean, I love pigs. There's like a conspiracy to kill the Hogfather and thus like ruin hogsmas and like kind of like alter reality itself and there's like a tooth fairy and there's like an is it, elf is it a cartoon no oh no no it's amazing there's like death and death's granddaughter and like i told my boyfriend i was like i can't wait till you meet my favorite character and he's like okay and then death came on and i was like oh, yes, that's my favorite character and he's like what and I was like no you just have to watch he's like the sweetest little softie in the world in this like he's so cute you're so excited about this no I it's like literally jumping up and down no I know like I love this movie like I was freaking out the entire time we were watching it I was like I love this movie so much what was his final verdict on it yeah he liked it he's like I like it he's like it was the weirdest movie I've ever seen Okay, boyfriend. Compared to all the movies that you have made her watch. It is okay. It is really weird. It's really strange. But Terry Pratchett, that's kind of how like he is. Like that's like one of my favorite movies of all time. And it made me so happy. And I just was like smiling the whole time. And I like just like I love death in that movie. He's so fucking funny. He's like so dry. It's like British humor. It's just it's fantastic. This movie is like one of my favorite movies of all time. Ever. Like I just I stumbled onto it like one time years ago with my ex-husband and I was like I fucking love this and he was like what is this I was like it's perfect so yeah I'm obsessed you guys should watch it you'll probably think it's really fucking weird I don't know if you'll like it but I love it it's on my list forever as one of my favorite movies ever and like honestly I wish I could go and just give death a big hug sweetest little sweetie I, it won't give anything away, but there's, like, one scene where he's, like, kind of, like, helping people. He's, like, listening to what people want for 
for Christmas. And he's just like giving everyone what they want. And then there's like a little poor boy and he's like, well, he wants like, he wants like a puppy and he wants like all these toys. And like his assistant is like, you, you can't give him this though. He's like poor. That's not how it works. You have to give him like an onion and like an apple or something. And he's like, I don't want to do that. So he like conjures up all this stuff and he like gives him like a puppy. And it's like, you're just like, Doug, you big sweetie. This is, I just love that movie so much. I, I'm sure my boyfriend thinks I'm fucking weird. Cause, uh, I was just like so invested. He was like, "You having fun?" I was like, "Yes, I'm having the best time." So anyway, if they could just see your face right now, I I just love that movie. It's one of the ones that makes me so happy. Like that movie and Newsies. If you want to see me literally go ape shit, you put on one of those movies, and I will fucking go crazy. I will squeal. With Newsies, I sing the entire time. I will say the entire movie line by line and sing so unless you are dating me it is not cute if you are dating me every boyfriend i've had that's watched me watch newsies says it's the cutest thing they've ever seen and i'm like hmm, okay you're biased because you're dating me everyone else is probably annoyed as fuck but i don't care because this is how i am anyway those are my wrecks and i have a non-wreck which actually you and ryan talked about what you guys uh, were talking about the movie uh, Self-Reliance. Yeah. And I wanted to see it because I was so curious because I love him. Right. That's why we watched it. Yeah. Jake Johnson. Yeah. Skip ahead like a minute and a half if you don't want to hear spoilers. Oh, spoiler. Okay. Yeah. Because I want to talk about it. I'm giving you three, two, <laughs> one. Okay. What? <laughs> right? Bad. I was, it wasn't, it wasn't funny. No. It wasn't funny at all. That's why we're like, ooh, Annie Samberg, like Jake Johnson. Great Anna combo. Kendrick. Yeah, Andrew Kendrick, great combo. Yeah. No. Not it funny. It been so much funnier. Seriously. It was very straightforward. Yeah. Because you're like, there has to be a twist. There's got to be a twist. Yeah, what like, is, is it all in his head? Yeah. Is yeah. it psychological? Is yeah. it really crazy? It's like, no, it is what it is. It's very yeah. straightforward. Yeah. And then, like, in the end, like, it, it, it isn't even this huge, like, redemption arc where, like, he gets the million dollars and can prove, can prove it. He's just like, oh, well, it's like $4,000 a month in Greenland currency. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? It yeah. was so weird. See? Non-rec, right? Uh, yeah. I, I was disappointed. Yeah. I was really disappointed. I didn't think it was funny at all. No, we made at me all. laugh one time. Yeah. I, I was just, like, mostly, like when is this going to get funny or scary? Like it wasn't either. It was just also Jake Johnson did not look good in that movie. No, And I think that rough. was the point to make him look rough, obviously, yeah. cause his life is in danger, but I'm like, you're not looking so hot guy. It wasn't like even like horrible. It was just so blah. Yeah. It just fell short. Yeah. It's not even like, I hate this movie. It's just like, what was the point? Yep. Yeah, exactly. What was the point in this movie? Yay, I'm so glad you have a non-rec that I had a non-rec on. Yeah, I, like I heard you guys talking about it and I just got curious. I was like, okay, I want to see why they didn't like this movie. Yeah. And then I watched it and I was like, oh, this kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you watched it though, like to talk about it. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not good. Yeah. The, the whole time you're just like, okay, what is happening? Like, are It these- was too much going on at once. So much going on. That too much going on at once with no comedy when you have no. very com- comedic actors. Yeah. 
it was kind of confusing it was at points really you're like confusing. wait what the heck is happening or like that was really weird like yeah. what's the point of that yeah just it was absolutely uh, and like it didn't even really explain like why they chose him and like no one else like everything was like just for him and it's like but why yeah why did you guys choose him of everybody it didn't explain it and it didn't show you what would happen to him and anna kendrick after which was annoying because i wanted to know yeah so i was just like oh god you have so many good people in this and it just sucks it fell flat yeah so yeah that's a that's a non-wreck Sorry, Jake Johnson. Like, I know that was his, like, movie production or his... Yeah. Or whatever it was. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah, he... I think he Dude, said you he can do better. Yeah. Come on. Come on, Nick. I know. He really is Nick from New Girl. Mm-hmm. Like, I listened to a podcast with him, and he's he's just Nick from They're New Girl. They're probably like, hey, you know what? Just be you. Yeah. And it, so... Well... It wasn't my favorite. I did not see that coming. That was yeah. your non-rec. Love it. Love it. Just didn't like it. I didn't like it. Um, um, other non-recs. Uh, breakouts. I hate breakouts. Yeah, same. That sucks. And um, gloomy Ohio winter. That's a non-rec for me. And we're going to about to go into the coldest month of the year. But hey, it's our birthday month. It's our birthday month. Let's make it a good one. Yep. As for our birthday, you can share our podcast. Oh, that'd be such a wonderful birthday present. Yeah, share our, like, story, share our podcast. Like, so, yeah, that's all I got for known Rex and Rex, so. A lot more than me. Like, me and my boyfriend usually alternate weekends and pick uh, a date night to do. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very hard in it's the wintertime winter. to come up with something very creative mm-hmm. because a lot of the fun stuff's outside. Yeah. My boyfriend and I have talked about this, and I'm just like, can we just agree that, like, winter, we're just going to, like, hermit? We don't have to do, like, big adventures because it's cold and we don't want to leave the house. So that's kind of our agreement. Like, we might go out to dinner. You don't want to, like, go wander around downtown. Like, you don't want to, like, go zip lining or what the fuck ever. Like, you can't go to a pool because they're not open. We're all in our little hidey holes because we're tired. Yep. Life's exhausting. Yep. And in the winter, it's especially exhausting. But I get a lot of writing done, so. But we did a poll on Instagram. Yes. For today's episode. Yes. Which, honestly, we might have to read you after the high school episode drops, because I'll be curious what people say after it drops. Oh, I I mean, I told you before we started today, I guarantee you that a lot of people I went to high school with are going to drop in on that episode. I'm humiliated, um, but also it's funny. Anyway, our poll was more high school letters, am I the asshole, paranormal Reddit stories or Reddit stories, creepy Reddit stories, or other, tell us what you mean. And that was like to see what you guys wanted for this episode. And most people voted for creepy Reddit stories. Mm -hmm. One person said something else, tell us, and they didn't tell us. So that's on you. I asked. I even messaged you just now and was like, hey, what's going on? So anyway, uh, Creepy Reddit Stories won. Okay. So I found this on the subreddit Paranormal Encounters by user Shouting-Monkey. And it's called My Two Boys Fought Something I Can't Explain Terrifying Event. And I love those. This happened about 25 years ago, but I still think about it on a regular basis. 
At the time, my two boys were around six and eight years old and happened and happened in a small town about 20 miles from Skinwalker Ranch. Ooh, that was fucking creepy. In the Uintah Basin, Utah. pedestrian. Mm-hmm. That place, have you heard about that place, that ranch? Mm-mm. I've heard of it, but I don't know much detail about it. Dude, that place has had so many fucking encounters. It's scary. Is that what they call it, Skinwalker Ranch? Yeah, there's like a lot there. There's a lot of crazy shit there. There was like a... There was like a wolf. I think it stood on its hind legs and they shot it like, and it was huge. And they shot it like three times. And it. A wolf? Mm hmm. Yeah. But I mean, a huge, huge wolf that stood Are on its sure hind legs. Are they sure it was a wolf? Exactly. That's what they were saying. They were like, this thing was not a wolf. Better not be a wolf. I'm yeah. shooting my wolf. Well, yeah, exactly. Anyway, in Utah. Having grown up there, I had more than a few personal experiences that still give me chills, but this event was beyond anything I've experienced before or even heard about. My two boys slept in a bunk bed in a room just across the hall from my room. I was fast asleep when I was suddenly woken up by the most intense and terrifying screams from my boys screaming and crying out for me. I jumped out of bed, grabbed my pistol from the top of my dresser, and threw open my door. How do I say this? There in front of me, running out of my son's bedroom, was a two to three foot bright green creature. I have no idea what it was, but it looked at me as it exited their room and shot down the hallway, right? I'm out. I'm out. Made a quick turn and shot down my basement stairs. Oh, I got got goosebumps. Ew. Okay. Keep in mind, all of the lights were off, but this thing stood out. Bright green in color with black page patches on its face and body. I only got a quick look at it, but what my kids would tell me terrified me. I ran into the room and flipped on the light. There they were, both of them standing in the middle of the room, holding their pillows. They were crying and screaming so hard, I couldn't understand what they were saying. My wife came in and began to calm them down while I went looking for whatever just ran down to the basement. The basement. Uh, my goosebumps got goosebumps. I know. I was oh. I was like thinking about your basement too, and I was like, oh. "Don't do that." <laughs> I searched everywhere, every corner, but found nothing. I went back upstairs and asked my boys what happened. Without going into great detail here, what they told me was horrifying. My youngest son told me he woke up and noticed something green, hunched over, standing in the doorway, just looking at him. He wasn't sure what it was, so he sat up, and when he did, this thing started grinning at him with big teeth, causing him to let out a scream, waking up my older son. While my younger son was telling me what he had seen, my older son spoke up and said, it looked like the Darth Maul, but green. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, because I don't watch Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. If this sounds familiar, Darth Maul is a Star Wars character. Look him up, and you will get an idea as to what this thing looked like. Now, I guess out of fear, my youngest son grabbed his pillow and started hitting this thing, which had now moved into the room closer to them. He then tells me it grabbed a hold of his pillow and started growling at him. This caused my older son to start screaming as well, and within seconds, he joined in with his pillow, hitting it over and over until it suddenly let go of the pillow, turned, and started back towards the bedroom door. I think it must have heard me open my door, because this is about when I saw it. Like I said, I didn't get the best look at it because it was, but it was bright, bright green with black patches and it moved extremely fast. This event had a profound impact on my youngest son. 
From this point forward, he would only sleep with his head covered, which always worried me. I had to sleep in the room for the next week or two before they would go to sleep without me and only with the lamp on in the room. Sound hard to believe? I get it. Had I not seen myself, I would have thought that they were imagining things. Seeing is absolutely believing. Believing. Was it a demon, a ghost, an alien, or something else entirely? I don't have a clue, but I know it was not human and we never saw it again. Even today, they still draw very similar pictures of what they saw, and while they don't like to talk about it with me, their descriptions have never changed. I had an experience ooh, with something very similar when I was about eight years old, and I sometimes wonder if it was the same thing. What I can tell you is that this is a real 100% true event and the first time I've shared it with anyone outside of my family. I don't expect anyone to believe it, but I'm telling you it's all true. Update, you asked for a drawing. This is the best I could come up with. And this is the drawing. Ew! Oh my, oh no. I look, hate I it. even looked up the Star Wars character. That's the Star Wars character. Oh yeah. I don't know Star Wars does well kind of look like the um the monster from Insidious. Yeah, yeah, he does. Right? Yeah, I so, remember him, but Oh, that yeah. is a creepy creepy drawing. Yeah. Especially with that grin. Yeah, I hate it. I absolutely fucking hate it. Oh my goodness. I know. Absolutely can't fucking I still have goosebumps. Stand it. I hate it so much. I believe that person. I believe them too. <laughs> someone um, someone wrote, okay, but your kids are pretty badass coming at that thing with pillows like little <laughs> Seaman, Sam and Dean Winchester. You want to say Seaman? Seaman. <laughs> coming at him with Seaman. It's been a day, guys. Um, and someone said, I would have been so scared my soul would have left my body. Be like, I gotta go. I'm out. Like, they hit the thing with a pillow. You know what? Take my kids. I'm gone. I'm out. They hit the thing with a pillow. I was upstairs in that room when I just heard knocking on the walls and felt that swell of violence. And I was like, I'm out. I'm fucking out. I didn't even have to see anything. That's probably all they had as a defense was a pillow. Yeah. It worked. The thing ran, right? I know. But I'm saying, like, even, like, I couldn't see anything. And I was like, nope. And that's the night I went to your house and had to stay the night because I was so fucking scared. Yeah, but when you, the night you came to my house, you it wasn't just knocking. Like I thought you said doors were slamming. Oh, they things were. Things were going insane. Yeah. No, it was. It was and honestly, I could have handled that, but it was the feeling of malevolence and violence. Like that thing wanted to fucking kill me. And I was like, I can't stay here. Like I really thought it was going to kill me. No, I remember I told you something told me to keep my phone <clears throat> face up that night Thank God. because I always keep my phone face down. I'm about to go to yeah. sleep. And I was like, you know what? For some reason, I feel like I need to keep the yeah. face up. And then you texted me maybe Oof. 20 minutes later and yeah. was like, are you up? Yeah. Because you're like, can you come here? And I'm like, I'm not. No. You're like, why would I Why would there? I go to the haunted house? I'm going to make it more psychic. Like, I'm going to make it more crazy. Yeah. Like, why don't you come here? And you're like, done. Uh, I, I don't even know what I would do if I saw that thing. I mean, good for the kids. Good for Sam and Dean. What do you think that is, though? I'm going with alien I go, and demon. My first, when he said green and based on that picture, my first thought is alien. Yeah. And it seemed he was little, yeah, right? Yeah, three feet. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know OP's original experience with that thing. How long ago was that story? Uh, 14 days. You should... um leave a comment be like hey this is our this is our podcast here and we read your story on it 
can we have a follow-up on your actual story when you were a kid? Just do that. Something like that. I lost it. I'm sorry. It's a, I said like, hey, we have a podcast and we'd love to hear a follow-up for this story. So, and I saved it. All right. You found one? Or you oh, one? no, I was, no. Okay. I found another one if you want me to go. Yeah. Okay. Again, in Paranormal Encounters, this is by underscore, user underscore Lady Kryptonite. And it says, I still remember what she looked like. I still remember it all. It's an eerie title. That definitely deserves a dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. It was 1998. I was eight years old. Oh, hey, millennial. Hey, he's, wait, he's about your age. Yeah. Huh? I was eight years old and visiting my dad's childhood home. The town where he grew up was so small that you could drive through it within 10 minutes. I still remember the smell of steak from the mom and pop owned restaurant, the sweet cookies from the bakery, and even the cigarette smoke from the hair salon that my grandma used to run out of her basement from 15 years earlier. The house had to have been built in the early 1900s. The floors creaked and there were vines all over the front of the house that my dad wanted to get rid of, but my grandma liked the way they looked. Gave her privacy, she said. My brother slept in my dad's room, which was primarily blue. I remember the Chicago sports team posters on the wall, edges torn and frayed from time, and the occasional water damage. Out of the two remaining rooms, I chose my grandmother's linen room, and my parents took the spare room downstairs. I remember the room being frilly. White frilly curtains matched the white lace comforter on the bed. Her sewing machine in the far right corner in front of the window where she would watch my dad play in the backyard. My dad playfully whispered, that's the haunted room. <clears throat> my dad this really was. paints a picture. Huh? This really paints a picture. I know, right? My dad was and still is a jokester. I remember scrunching my nose at him and put my suitcase on the front on the floor in front of the bed. Little did I know, he wasn't kidding. That night, I remember falling asleep easily. My biggest worry was that I would wake up in a puddle for my four-year-old sister who shared the bed with me. I remember waking up in the middle of the night and looking around. Everything was dark except for the dim light that came from the bathroom down the hallway. The shadows from the sewing machines hit the wall and looked like boxcars. I turned over to face the left side of the room and that's when I saw her. At first I thought it was my mom. A silhouette of a woman was standing in the doorway of the room. She was wearing a white dress. My mom did not wear dresses, not even a nightgown. She had long, fine hair. My mom had the typical fluffy 90s do cut at her shoulders. I quickly realized this wasn't my mom and panic set in. She was all white, skin, hair, dress, everything. I remember she had a subtle glow about her. She was leaning on the door frame, watching us sleep. Her head was tilted to the side, resting in her right hand that was being supported by her elbow against the frame. I wasn't scared. She was terrifying, but comforting at the same time. It was like she was watching her own children sleeping lovingly. I remember closing my eyes and praying she wouldn't come near me. She never did. The next morning, I went to the kitchen where my grandma was already awake making us breakfast. Waffles with several different syrups and a huge bowl of assorted fruit. I didn't talk or eat much for the majority of breakfast and my dad definitely took notice. After a few minutes of coaxing, I finally told him what I saw. He immediately looked at my grandma and said, ha, I told you. It is the end. Told you what? <laughs> that it's haunted, I guess. Okay. That doesn't sound like a bad apparition, though. Mm -mm. 
Um, someone wrote, what was your dad's experience with her? And he said, he just said that she was harmless and he would see her as a child walking around the hallway. Someone said, do they have a theory on who the ghost is? As far as ghosts go, she seems pretty non-threatening. Have they done anything to try to communicate with her? And OP said, nope, I can only guess that it's someone that used to live there. My grandmother never saw her, only my dad. That's why you got to do history on your house. Yes. I just saw a comment that said, awesome story. Do you mind if I read this on my YouTube channel? And they said, of course, can you please send a link after? So I'm going to say, reading on the podcast. Okay, we read it on the podcast. Here's the link if you want to read mm. it. Hey, what's up? Okay, so I'm going to read this story because I relate to this. You Like, so hard. And it's not creepy. It's sad and kind of sweet. Okay. And um, that's why I want to read it. And um, for Paranormal Encounters by You Adventurous Shows 753. Okay. The morning my grandma passed, 6 a.m. So I'm going to start this story with this. My grandmother was my best friend. She moved in with my parents when I was born to help take care of me. But the tea is my parents were on the verge of splitting at the time. But that's a different story. My grandma raised me. I was her baby and would tell me that all the time that she would never leave me until I could fend for myself and was an adult. We had a bond that I didn't fully understand until later on in life. With that being said, once I hit my late teenage years, she got sick. I didn't know how bad it was because my dad, his mother, my grandma, he hid from me. Mm. One day, I get a call from my dad saying, hey, your grandma is in the hospital and she's not going to make it. You need to come up here. So I do. I drive up there confused. I walk into her ICU unit. No one told me that. I bawled and grabbed her hand, told her not to leave me because I needed her, and she took her head and squished my hand. The doctor told me before I walked in her room that she was sedated on what they call the Michael Jackson drug. I am not making that up. And to be prepared for her not to be coherent or open her eyes. Well, when she did, as soon as I grabbed her hand, she was waiting for me. I leave the hospital, go home, go to sleep. I had this dream of my phone going off, and I remember everything is black. I can't see it, but I hear my phone go off with a voicemail. So I check it and it's my grandma's voice leaving me a voice message. How she always has, hey, so-and-so, this is your grandma. I just wanted you to know that I love you and I'm proud of you and I'll see you soon. Call me back when you can, bye. I wake up out of my dream to my dad calling me at 6 a.m. on the dot telling me that she took her last breath. Mm. That's my story and I still sometimes smell her perfume. Damn. Um, but I relate to this so hard because I remember when my grandmother passed away in my dream, I had a phone call from her. Really? Yeah. I had a phone call from her and I got, it was her actual voice and I got to hear it. And she was telling me, don't be sad and that she was okay. I know I can't go into it too much because I will start crying, but it was so real. Cause I was like, how are you calling me? Yeah. You just died. Yeah. And she said, I know, but I'm okay. It was just like, it was a very, she was comforting me. Sometimes I get whiffs of her perfume. And then sometimes I get whiff of cigarette smoke because she used to smoke. That's nice. So, and my grandma died in the hospital. So I relate to this story so much. I like that. Yeah. So it's not creepy. It's not whatever, but. It's okay. We just kind of. I was like, I have to read it because I relate to this so much. And it's like so realistic of having that phone call in my dream I still like my grandma passed away when I was 13 so it's still very vivid in my mind of having that dream 
I get it. Yeah. So, yeah. It's weird what ghosts can do, like, in your dreams and off, also, like, with technology, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just, like, they know. Okay. Uh, I think I found one. Okay. This is in uh, the Reddit, subreddit, Three Kings. And oh, this no. uh, username <laughs> is No Name Bella. And this says, the Darumasan bath game. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. And why you shouldn't play the, it. I don't know that game. Do you know that game? I do. I do know Of course you do. You know every fucking game. I love this shit. Okay. When I was 12, I was what you called the edgy type. I needed entertainment, adrenaline, since I didn't do stupid teenager stuff. Amen. I, I played every ghost game in the book and nothing happened. The last I played was Durumasan. And I'm going to have to look it up because I don't know if I'm swearing, saying that right. I didn't even play it right. In the game, you're supposed to recite something as you wash your hair and then immediately get out and leave the bath water in the tub the next day after. The woman follows you around and you have to yell something at her when you see her to get her to go away. I didn't play it right. I, I didn't leave the water in the tub and I did say the ending spell, but it didn't even make sense since I didn't see Darumasan myself. A few months later, I started to have vivid nightmares of a lady with black hair and a torn white gown, her face non-existent. She was soaked in water she led me to weird places she choked me in my dreams but all of this time i told myself it was just lucid nightmares due to stress then one summer day i was walking home with my dog i saw a lady in front of me stop with her own dog in hand and i didn't want to deal with meeting someone so i moved to the other side of the street i walked home sat on my front steps to enjoy the day a little longer Across the street and behind a tree, I saw the woman from my dreams. She was standing there and slowly moved her hair away from her eye to look at me. I never opened my front door faster. (laughs) After that, I had the weirdest dreams. A lot of them involved water and weird figures. I've never had a dream since that day where I didn't feel vivid and remember every minute of it. They weren't dreams. They... They felt like I was in another universe when I went to bed. We moved. The new family did a huge religious cleanse on the house. Uh, Wonder why. One night in my new house, I had a dream that Darumasan returned. She dragged me down a dark hall and shoved me into a bathtub. The bathtub was white and vintage. It had black vines growing in it and it was filled to the brim with water. She shoved my head under a few times and picked it back up. She called me pathetic. She told me she won. And then the last image I have from the dream is me shooting up from the water despite her grip. I fought her. I never did that before. After that, I haven't seen her for a while, but I can still tell that something lurks. I can still tell that she's here. She's just waiting for the right moment to lunge. Please, please, please don't play this game. It ruined my life, and I don't want it to ruin yours. Whenever I think of it, I can still feel her hands tightening around my neck. It's traumatic, and probably going to live with me. Probably, I'm probably going to live with paranoia, paranoia for a while. Water scares me now. Do you know how to play this game? Yes, but I am going to look it up so I can kind of like explain it a little bit better. 
because it's fucked up. It's fucked I've never up. heard of it, and of course you have. Yeah, well, I was reaching paranormal games for a minute. Okay, so because we just did, I've heard a lot about this one, actually. So because we just did a story about this one, I'm going to go ahead and go into what it actually is. So this is from ghost, uh, theghostinmymachine.com, and it's called The Most Dangerous Games, Daruma-san or The Bath Game. The Japanese ritual known as Daruma-san, and I'm so sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong, everybody, also known as The Bath Game, is probably best described as a deadly version of red light, green light. After the initial summoning ritual has been performed, it follows the basic rules of a Japanese children game called Duramasan Ga Ga Koronda, literally the Duruma doll fell down. The player is it, while Durumasan attempts to catch it. But if Durumasan catches like you, well, let's just say you should never ever let that happen. Okay, so it says, curiously, Daruma or Dharma dolls are traditionally symbols of good luck. The Daruma-san of this game, however, seems not to carry the same good luck as her namesake, and neither should she catch you, will you. Players, says one principle, requirements, a bathroom with a bathtub. Uh, A standing shower may not be substituted, you must use a bathtub. Instructions, the prelude. Begin at night just before you go to bed. Shed your clothing and enter the bathroom. Fill the bathtub with water and turn out the lights. (laughs) Climb into the tub and sit down facing the faucet and taps. Close your eyes and begin washing your hair. As you wash your hair, repeat the words, Darumasan fell down, Darumasan fell down, Darumasan fell down, which I guess they're not going into why, so I will have to explain why after this if they don't explain. Do not stop repeating them until you have finished washing your hair. Do not open your eyes. Five, if you have performed this action correctly, you will gain a mental image of a Japanese woman standing in a bathtub. She will slip and fall, landing face first on a rusty tap and gouging her right eye out. Should you hear any noise behind you or feel movement in the tub, do not turn around and do not Open your eyes. Ask aloud, why did you fall in the bathtub? Allow the question to hang in the air. Then, keeping your eyes shut, carefully stand up and get out of the tub. Do not trip and fall yourself and do not drain the tub. Exit the bathroom, shutting the door behind you. You may now open your eyes. Leave the bathroom as you left it. Water in the tub, door shut until morning. Do not turn on any lights go to sleep. Awaken at your usual time. The game begins the moment you open your eyes. Go about your day as normal. You will feel a constant presence behind you. It is likely that should you turn to look, you will see nothing. However, glancing over your right shoulder may occasionally reveal a glimpse of her. Her hair will be black and tangled and she will have only one eye. She will attempt to get closer and closer to you as the day goes on. Should you spot her and find that she is too close for comfort, shout, Tomare! That is, stop and run away. Again, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. The idea is to put some distance between you and her. Do not allow her to catch you. Capture her in your gaze by looking over your right shoulder. Shout, Kita! That is, I cut you loose. 
while swinging your arm down in a choppy motion. If you have performed this action correctly, a winning condition will have been achieved and the game will be over. If you have not performed the action correctly, run. She is fond of water and dark spaces. As such, it is recommended that you avoid immersing yourself in or crossing running water. She just kissed her hair. <laughs> She's so cute. As well as traversing dark spaces until the conclusion of the game. Use the tomore command sparingly. Each time you use it, the amount of time for which it will stall her will diminish. Use it only when absolutely necessary. The ending must be performed. Exactly. Yeah, so, exactly. exactly. So the ending must be performed before midnight. Failing to do so will grant her permission to enter your dreams. Do not. I have sore hair in your mouth. I have sore hair in my mouth. <laughs> ah, okay. Do not allow her to enter your dreams. Additionally, performing the ending is not as easy as it seems. If she suspects you are about to try to end the game, she may hide. You must have her in your sights when you perform the Kita command. Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I know you and I have played with the Ouija board, and that's as far as I go. I don't, as far as I'm going to go. I don't like to play these paranormal games. Ugh. Well, that one... Okay, so we've talked before about how, like, games from Japan are, like, fucked up. Yeah. Like, the elevator game came about because those, like, kids died in the elevator. Yeah. And the Daruma-san game actually came about from a Japanese woman who fell and impaled herself on the faucet of a tub. That's how it originated. You can be goosebumps all night, man. <laughs> we wanted creepy. Like I said, as far as I go, it was the Ouija board, and you and I had played with that. Yeah, get on Patreon for that. For what? The Ouija board? Yeah, yeah. we play with the Ouija board like, yeah. twice. And go on our TikTok to get clips because we TikTok. do Ouija board, we do the um, ghost thing. We use the app. Oh, the ghost app, yeah. Mm, the spirit which box. Is still so fucking creepy that it's just gone. Just gone. Oh, but yeah. I'm not playing that game. It's funny because when we were researching um, paranormal games, the uh, my mom was like, do not play the Midnight Man game, Elizabeth. And I was like, that's one game I have no desire to no, play. No, I... None. We've read creepy stories on Reddit about yes. the Midnight Game, yeah. the Midnight Man game. Check it out, guys. We have and, done a few uh, of these. Those stories terrify me enough that I never want to play. Although, and the fact that I don't want to roam my creepy ass huge house at three a.m. walking around in the dark. I'm good. My house was built in the 1830s. Okay, I there's a bunch of activity here. I know. I have not had as much activity since I left. Interesting. I found another uh, creepy uh, paranormal game. The only paranormal games that I have ever been intrigued by were, well, okay, there's a few. The elevator game is intriguing. I would mess it up. I, there's a, there's a lot of admin. <laughs> so there's like a lot of That's steps. why I would mess it up because there's too many steps in that. Yes. And like also like if you mess up one thing, you're stranded in the other world. No, thank you. Yeah. What if you think it's your world, but you don't realize that something's off, so you exit the elevator and you're stuck in that world? 
Like they, they say like, look for one thing. If like one thing's off, don't get out of the fucking elevator. What if like the woman like in the, gets on, on the fifth floor and she sneezes. And you react plus you. Yes. That would happen to me. I'm fucking polite. <laughs> of course I would say bless you. So that one's a little scary. My mom made me promise and vow never to do that one. So. The elevator game? Yeah. So the elevator game and the Midnight Man? Yeah, she's like, those are out. I'm like, what about the elevator? She's like, no, Elizabeth, you do not need to go to a different world. I was like, And they're like, don't talk to a girl in the elevator. Don't say anything. Don't talk. Don't exactly. talk. Sneeze. Bless you. God damn it. Exactly. I would totally do that. And same with like the hooded cab driver or whatever that one is. I wouldn't want to do that one. Well, I wouldn't want to do that just to get in a car alone. Exactly. No, thank you. Exactly. No, thank you. Now, the 11-mile road ritual no. is interesting, though. Yeah, but... Because you could get a wish. It's interesting because... Could. Could. But what kind of freaks me out is that no one has done that ritual. If you look all over Reddit, there are people that supposedly did it, but I think they're full of shit. And then there are YouTube videos that are like, I did the 11 mile road ritual, come along. And I'm like, no, you didn't because you had your fucking phone. You can't have your phone on. That, That makes the game null and void. So you didn't do the 11 mile road ritual. But the prospect of gaining a wish would be nice. So that's interesting. The other one that interests me is the Three Kings. Yeah, but you don't mess with portals either. Especially that whole entire mirror. I mean, I would never do it here. That went down in my bedroom. Exactly. I would never do it here because shit's going down here all the fucking time. Especially when we lived here together. Yeah. Shit was fucking crazy. Would never do it here. Might do it in my house. Not totally intrigued enough to do it right now, but it's a possibility. It's one that I'm like, eh, it's kind of interesting. Hey, when you put those sigils on my mirror, nothing's happened to <laughs> I told you. I sealed the portal. You got one for us? I didn't really read it, but just the picture alone was creepy. That picture I showed you. You can if you read it. Do you want I me found to? Yeah, and I found one that I want to read too. Okay. Because that picture is terrifying. Like someone commented, your drawing gave me chills. Ooh, yeah, see what they said. All right, so this is in Paranormal Encounters. Holy shit, this by... is going to be three parts. Go ahead. What? This story is like three parts, so. Okay. Go on, tell us. I want to see the creepy story of the creepy little boy. All right, this is Paranormal Encounters by uh, Stinky Doo-Doo Head. Mm, nice. I love that for you. Love, love it. it. Love that you're a stinky doo-doo head. The boy that was in my closet. Oof. Something about closets. Oh, that's where we always heard shit going on when I was upstairs in that room. I always heard shit in that fucking me, closet. Me, it's not closets. Me, it's hallways. Oh, yeah. Hallways are big for me. What is it, though? About hallways and closets and... Ugh, I don't know. I don't know. Fucking creep. All right. I'm sorry my grammar and formatting might not be very good. I don't usually post. Well, good for you for posting because this is exciting. All right. I'm 17 now, but this happened from when I was five to eight, roughly, because this happened so long ago. I'm sure there are a lot of things that I've forgotten over time or unintentionally blocked out. Around the time I started kindergarten, we moved to a complex where I got a room of my own for the first time. I remember being scared to have a room all to myself, so I would always make sure my closet door was firmly closed because I was very scared of monsters in my closet. Same. Monsters in the closet? Same. For real. Yes, I feel that. I think this might have stemmed from my mom watching a lot of horror content around me or maybe just a general childish fear. I didn't get that from horror movies. It was just always, it was a fear. Like one time I even heard scratching in my closet. Scratching in the closet is creepy. It just yeah. feels And I remember I had three eerie. claw marks 
on my white closet door when I lived at my parents' house. Okay. I remember it being shortly after we had moved in. I woke up when it was dark out. I could tell by my window that was to the right of my bed. My closet door opened and the boy hovered very low to the ground, still maybe an inch off given he seemed about my height size, but didn't make a sound as he walked out of the closet and walked in a straight path from the closet to the window, but he stopped midway at the foot of my bed and just stared at me. His face was like melted glass. Similar to the longer face ghost kid from Coraline. Sorry, this is the only example I can think of. He wore a sailor suit, very similar to the results you you get searching 1950s boy sailor suits. I remember wanting to scream, but I couldn't. I hid under my blanket for a long time, and I don't remember what happened after that, but I assume I eventually just fell asleep. It just, like, amazes me by all the people that creepy stuff happens to, and they just go to sleep. I don't get it. It might have been a few days or even a week, but I saw him again shortly after. It was roughly the exact same encounter, so it doesn't stand out in my brain, but over the course of a few months, I had the courage to look back at him. I was very scared, but he would never do anything, and I think I knew that he never attempted to climb on my bed or get closer to me. He only ever stopped and stared at me, and that never changed. After I started looking at him, I learned that after he left the foot of my bed, he would go to the wall on the left and form a whole he would form a hole in my wall that he would go through. Mm. I remember there was a few times I would get up in the morning just and try to see the portal, but of course it was never there. There was a long time of buildup, but eventually I just wasn't scared anymore. And I remember the feeling of not being scared when I looked back at him after I wasn't scared anymore. I was able to get out of my bed right after he left and try to go through the portal, but it would close before I could get to the wall. Ew. That's brave. I remember one specific night where he didn't show up, and I got confused because by the time it would become a routine to see him every night, I got up and looked out my window to see him feeding the deer on the property. Deer are pretty common in the area. He didn't look up at me or anything, but I remember just staring at him. After we moved away from the complex, I experienced anything close to this or ever had him appear in a dream. Other small details I want to add. So I assume you meant that nothing else happened to you. Nothing else happened anywhere else other than the complex that you lived in. Uh, He only existed in the complex. He never appeared in my school or daycare. My mom told me a few years ago that neighbors in my complex would tell her that I would play games by myself, but but seemingly pretend that I was playing with another person. But I myself have no memory of that, so I don't know how reliable that is. From what I remember, no other kid in the complex experienced anything similar to this, including my two sisters who shared a room across from mine. I would tell people about the boy that I would see. It has taken me a long time to come to the conclusion this is probably paranormal, so I wanted to share it. I want to know if anyone has any similar memories they carry with them. I drew the layout of the room and a recollection of what the boy looked like. Drawing is not super detailed, but the drawing is not super detailed, and because it's drawn from memory, I'm sure my memory has changed a lot over time. That image is terrifying. And like, yeah, like I said earlier, the person said this drawing gave me chills. Um, People are giving him positive feedback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Someone said, I think it was something that he was feeding the deer where the deer goes to when you weren't afraid. Did you try to talk to him? And stinky doo-doo head. Love it, love it. Said, I never tried to talk to him, but I got to the point I wasn't afraid to look back at him or get out of my bed after he was gone. But I never tried to interact with him while he was still in the room. I remember the deers looking like normal brown deers, not ghostly, so I assume they were just a regular deer. I'm not sure how... I'm not sure what he was feeding the deer. He had his back turned to me and two deer in front of him. He might not, he might not have been feeding them, but that's just how I interpreted or remembered it. It kind of sounds like um, a loop. You know what I'm Ugh. talking about? 
Yeah. What do you like call a, it? Um, residual haunting. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's just going through a normal routine. Interesting. In a loop. It just goes over and over because it's residual. That's I what it sounds like to me. Hauntings. I, I don't know. What does that sound like so to you? I think you're right. I think it's a residual haunting. I don't know. Either way. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. I mean, what would you do? I don't know because he said he was um, really young at the time. Mm-hmm. What do you say? He was five, five to eight, roughly. So I don't baby. at that age. I don't know what I would do. Yeah. And kids are very open and um, susceptible to that stuff. Absolutely, they are. So I don't know what young Montana would have done. But like, I get it. Like when I lived at my parents' house, we lived across from the graveyard. So really creepy, and a lot of my paranormal activity happened in that house. Really, not yeah. in here. Not as much here, no. But my parents, because it was literally right across from a graveyard. Uh, yeah. I, so I, I just, the energy there, it was always something. There was always stuff happening in that house. I get it. I felt like that in, uh, well, honestly, all of our houses were pretty fucking haunted. I think, honestly, wherever we go, if it's an older house, we'll probably stir up some hauntings. Yeah, but the house wasn't that old. Mm-hmm. I don't, but I couldn't tell you, from, I couldn't tell you the year, but yeah, a lot um, of activity and it always had so much stuff would happen in my room. It was just like insane. The amount of stuff. I just don't like anything in, with uh, closets. That's all. You mean you don't want a sailor boy coming out of your closet? No. With a creepy face? That, no, your drawing's pretty creepy. That, you should actually screenshot it, and we should add ask that him. To the Reddit we post. should ask him. We can use it. Yeah, go the, ahead. Ask him. Do it. So we can use his picture. Okay, posted. Okay, well, I can try this. If it's not, if it's not real, then it's not real. This one is uh, on Reddit. No sleep. So we'll see if it's real <laughs> or not. I don't know. Um, and it's by user narcissist who, which is really funny actually pretty hilarious okay um it says how to get rid of a visitor slash the staircase ritual one wait now there's a staircase ritual game oh my do you know it no i actually have not heard of this one okay it says i started that afternoon i marked the time using my watch 13 34 i walked down to the bottom of the basement stairs and stood in the doorway i cleared my throat aware of how small my voice felt and said it is from here that I shall commence. I had a bag with me containing all the items I gathered, a battery powered fan, a glass and water, water bottle, a jar of dirt, a candle and a lighter, a photo of my home 10 years ago that I'd printed off the internet, a photo of my home that I'd taken that afternoon, a dye, a sandwich, a small hand mirror I never used, a jar full of ash from the fireplace, another jar containing a spider I pitied, a small lock of my hair tied in a ribbon, and the obligatory salt shaker. Needless to say, the bag was very full. I was almost relieved that I was about to empty it, even if it meant that I couldn't go back. From now on, I followed the instructions. On the first step, I placed the fan. I took a breath in, tasting the must of the basement in my throat, and spoke the lines I'd memorized. Here is the air that mortal breathes. On the second step, that was weird, I placed the glass down and filled it from my water bottle. My bag significantly lighter and my heart now heavier. I recited, here is the water that mortal drinks. I could feel its eyes on me, but felt safer knowing that it could not interrupt me yet. In a way, this was the most peace I'd felt in days. 
On the third step, I open the jar of dirt and spread it across the step, moving my feet and covering as much of the step as possible. Again, I stood straight and said the words, here is the earth on which mortal stands. I didn't like referring to myself as mortal. It reminded me that I may well die soon. On the fourth step, I placed the candle laying the lighter next to it. Here is the fire that burns mortal's hands. On the fifth step, the old picture of my home. Here is the time that has come to pass. On the sixth step, the current picture of my home and rolled the dice beneath beside it. Here is the present and the die is cast. On the seventh step, I unhooked my watch from its wrist and laid it at my feet. My little reflection reflection in its face stared up at me, scared. I looked away. Here comes the future. The time ticks by now. Eight, the sandwich. Here is the offering for devil's mouth. Nine, mirror. Here is my image and God's likeness I trust. Ten, ash. Here is mortality, ashes and dust. Spider, still squirming, poor thing. Here is a life I present unto thee. Hair, here is the essence extracted from me. On the 13th step, I removed the salt shaker from the almost empty bag and drew a line just behind me. I announced as loudly as I could, no further than here. C, who had been buried in the bag under my things, squirmed. I went to my room, which was now festooned with sage, lavender, crucifixes, and salt. I hadn't seen it poke its head in my doorway since my little renovation, which gave me some comfort. I spent the rest of the day and night alternating between sleep, reddit, and books. I didn't leave my room. I stayed in my room until 1300 the next day, which is when I left to make myself brunch and prepare myself for a 1334 beginning. I ate, put on a second watch, and tucked a long kitchen knife into my belt. I walked down the stairs, careful to avoid disturbing any of the items. None of them appeared to have been moved or disrupted, a good sign. I stood at the bottom of the stairs, C resting in my arms, planted my feet, and as my watch showed 1334, I raised my head and stared directly ahead of me. The staircase seemed impossibly tall and treacherous down here in the dark. After an hour, I mounted the first step and knelt down to turn on the fan with one hand, clutching C with the other. I stood up, faced the top of the staircase, planted my feet and stayed still. I didn't move even when I felt it breathing down the back of my neck. After the second hour passed, I climbed the second step. I downed the entire glass of water feeling thirsty. It only reminded me of the 11 hours still to go. Ugh. I clutched C tighter, taking comfort in his soft fur and stood still as it caressed the back of my neck. The third hour, I buried my feet in the soil and once again resumed my impression of a statue. The fourth hour, I lit the candle, cupping it to prevent it from guttering. Hour five, and I used the candle to set the photograph on fire, blowing the candle out when it finished burning. I faced forward the entire time, ignoring its effects. Sixth hour, and I tore the new photograph twice, as indicated by the dye. Seventh hour, and I turned the watch forward two hours. Hour eight, and I finally was able to eat the sandwich, the one positive. I shared with C, of course. Hour nine, and I stared at my reflection, focusing on freckles, streaks of blonde in my hair, my chapped lips, and the bags under my eyes. Oh, is this about me? What's up? <laughs> I ignored it, 
standing behind me. I think I made it mad. Another hour passed and I smashed the mirror, startling myself with a loud noise. I took a step forward and used a shard of glass to prick my finger. I watched silently as a drop of blood fell onto the ashes, feeling somewhat detached. C, now perched on my shoulders like a fluffy scarf, purred deeply. Hour 11, and I squashed the spider with my shoe. Aww. I know. I no longer. I know. I no longer felt detached, and the waves of guilt rolling off me were real. Poor little bug. Who was I to play God? Now wasn't the time for doubt, but they were rolling off me. Another hour, and the hair tickled my throat as I swallowed it. Ugh! You swallowed the spider? Ew! I wished I had water. I wonder if this counted as cannibalism. The 13th hour, and I took my final step forward, carefully avoiding the salt line. I did what I hadn't been doing for days. I turned around. And there is an update. For a second, I thought I had been blinded. I could see nothing but white. I then realized that its eyes were directly in front of my face, glaring at me with the blackest of anger. The seething mass of my home stalker filled my view and my mind blanked as I forgot everything except how fear felt. I don't think I have to describe how I fell backwards, tumbling awkwardly on the steps. I don't think I have to describe how every single regret I have flashed across my eyes. My sheer terror and surprise led me to conclude that I was going to die. A ringing noise filled my head. My hearing suddenly kicked back in and a high furious whine filled my head. It reminded me of mosquito. Except it signaled a threat that you could not quite put your finger on. It tried to reach towards me, but its hands turned to smoky tendrils as they crossed the barrier of salt. I suddenly realized that I had been screaming soundlessly, which seemed oxymoronic. It can't cross the barrier as a solid being, my reasonable side said, so any damage it inflicts won't be as bad when it's all smoky. You should still avoid those tendrils, though. Unfortunately, my reasonable part was drowned out by all my other parts screaming in various degrees of pain, surprise, and terror. Of course I had suspected that would it be directly behind me, but somehow coming face to face with an angry, malevolent, powerful, grouchy ghost thing is never really in the same league as the expectation of some other surprises, like birthday presents or cake. What I would do for a cake right now. Amen. Amen. I still felt disconnected, controlling this meat sack with a joystick on a 40-year-old laggy arcade game. That's a good metaphor. I was still basically prone, caught in the act of raising myself to my feet in order to go on the offensive. I didn't even think to raise my knife, let alone move, as a smoky, insubstantial tendril reached towards me and clamped onto my shoulder. My screams reached new surprising heights as it burned through my jumper, through my skin, and into my flesh and burned itself into my bones. I felt like the entire world was fire. My logical side had been wrong. It may be physically weaker across assault, but this was a wound that was A, sore, B, blistering merrily, and C, had my favorite jumper as a casualty. God. How would this be explained to the hospital I would eventually have to go to, either in a car or a body bag, depending on the result of the next few minutes? I struggled to get to my feet, gritting my teeth against the shoulder that had rapidly decreased from a 10 to a 3 on the pain scale. That was when C made his leap, through the barrier, off my head, and onto the creature's face. 
I saw his paws smolder as he tore savagely at its eyes and realized that we would both die if I didn't move. I was literally watching my friend and protector burning in a misguided and noble attempt to save yours truly from a monster she had somehow summoned herself. Seriously, I needed to sort out this disconnectedness. Perhaps I should see a psychiatrist. Another tendril arched towards my face and I dodged, plunging the blade into its other eye. It shrieked, a suddenly substantial arm grabbing a hold of my wrist. It no longer burned, but that same crushing weight was there as on the first night, threatening to crunch my wrist with a noise like popcorn in a microwave. I had inadvertently thrown myself across a salt barrier, which was no longer intact. If I didn't force this creature down the stairs, it would once again be able to roam my house. Except this time, it would be pissed. In a desperate attempt to free myself from its vice-like grip, I stabbed my knife across the arm holding me. It gave in like refrigerated butter. The knife sank down through flesh steadily, but with enough resistance that I had to grit my teeth and press the advantage I had of being on a higher stair. With a satisfying squelch, the arm fell off, somehow rotting as it made its descent. The murderous appendage melted into a simmering puddle on the staircase and the stench of decay filled my nostrils and mouth. The creature took a step back, cradling the remnant of a recently functioning right arm in its left hand. It howled, and I felt blood trickle out of my ears and nose. C jumped back onto my shoulder, and together we descended several stairs, landing in the ashes from my cozy little fireplace that suddenly seemed so far away. I swung at it, hoping the loss of an arm would somehow make it docile, docile and allow me to force it back without any further harm to either of us. My shoulder was aching in an insistent manner, and judging by the singe mark on C's legs, he could do with a bath and some nice cold water. Okay. It's a lot. Okay. I'm not uh, almost done. Okay. It pressed back, avoiding my violently swinging knife and grabbing C by the tail. I couldn't help but shriek as C was thrown into the nearest wall. I lunged at the thing, severing its forearm neatly. I suspect it had been weakened because my knife simply slid right through what might be a bicep with no resistance. It howled again. My ears bled more. The staircase would require a lot of carpet cleaner. I didn't think I had anything that catered for burns, blood, and mysterious ectoplasmic evil demon goo. Fair enough. Ghostbusters. Are you gonna go? Ghostbusters. (laughs) With several desperate stabs, I drove the weakened thing back into the basement, slamming the door. I immediately brought out the additional salt shaker and repelling charm I had tucked in my pockets and poured a thick line of salt in front of the door. I had secured both windows earlier that day, adding gaudy crosses and planting sage and lavender outside them. I hung my charm, basically the triumvirate of sage, holy cross, and lavender, and mentally made plans to reinforce the day at a later date. I had come up with several designs for containing monsters in my basement. I reset the stairs as I walked up. If I were to somehow, if I were to somehow, or if it it were to somehow escape, I didn't want to make his journey any easier. I picked up C from where he lay on the floor. I took a breath, inhaling the scent of blood, singed fur, and otherness. I was going to run C a cold bath for his burns in the sink. I would cut away any singed fur later. Then I figured I should probably get this burn checked out. It no longer hurt and skin had somehow grown back where I could once could only see none. But if ghost bacteria existed, I didn't want to risk it getting infected. I wasn't scared though. I wasn't afraid of it. After all, he's armless. 
<clears throat> thank you for all your support, guys. You've helped me get through this. I can't wait to tell you about the stuff I'm planning next. A. What? I mean, that was a made-up story. You think? I think so. they just want to show off their writing skills. I get it. But um, I did find the Staircase Ritual game. Oh, I've never heard of it. I had neither. So should I read the rules? Sure. Okay. And this is again by theghostinmymachine.com. And it says, I'm not totally sure where the Staircase Ritual originated. It's credited on most creepypasta repositories to someone going by the name Cousin Spooky Noodles. But the site on which it was found was never specified. In any event, though, this one is long and involved, so it's best not to undertake it unless you can devote at least two days to it, including an uninterrupted 13-hour stretch for the second half. I don't know. Do you think someone <clears throat> just made this game up? I think some people make a lot of games up. I think this one was made up. So let's look. It's not quite an exorcism, but if you've got something weird going on in your home, it'll help contain it by banishing it to the first floor. It also places a series of obstacles, either slowing down or stopping whatever might be plaguing you from making its way from the first floor to the second. You'll have to face it eventually, though, so be prepared for a fight. <clears throat> As always, play at your own risk. Players, one principle. Requirements, one staircase with no fewer than 11 steps, but no more than 16, excluding landings. A staircase with 12 or 13 steps is ideal. One small portable battery operated fan, one glass of water, one handful of dirt, one candle, matches or a lighter, an old picture, and as old a picture of the land on which your home currently stands as you can find, one picture of your home as it is today, one pair of six-sided dice, two timekeeping devices, analog is preferable, but digital will work in a pinch, one food offering, it must be an animal or animal byproduct, one mirror, one handful of ash, two to three dust bunnies, one small living creature, an insect as ideal. Wait, so were they sacrificing their cat? Hold on, let me finish this and then okay. I'll, I'll tell you what I think. Uh, one fingernail, lock of hair, or other token plucked from your own body. It is not recommended that blood be used. Salt, one sharp object, preferably made of silver. Instructions, the prelude. Begin in the afternoon. Make note of the precise time at which you commence. Stand at the bottom of the staircase. Speak aloud the words, It is from here, whenceforth I shall commence. On the first step, place a small fan. Recite, Here is the air that the mortal breathes. On the second step, replace, replace the glass of water. Recite, Here is the water that mortal drinks. On the third step, spread the handful of dirt, covering as much of the step as possible. Recite, Here is the earth on which mortal stands. On the fourth step, place the unlit candle, laying the matches or lighter next to it. Recite, here is the fire that burns mortals' hands. On the fifth step, place the old picture of your home. Recite, here is the time that has come to pass. This is too much. On the sixth step, place the current picture of your home and roll the dice beside it. Recite, here is the present and the die is cast. On the seventh step, place one of your timekeeping devices. Recite, here comes the future, the time ticks by now. On the eighth step, place your food offering. Recite, here's the offering for devil's mouth. For the spider you're going to eat. On the ninth step, place the mirror. Recite, here is my image and God's likeness I trust. Note, this phrase must be repeated word for word and without hesitation, regardless as to the religion of the player. On the tenth step, place a handful of ash in the dust bunnies. Recite, here is mortality, ashes and dust. 
On the 11th step, place your living creature. It must be alive and it must not be able to escape. Recite, here is a life I present unto thee. On the 12th step, take place the token from your body. Recite, and here is the essence extracted from me. On the final step or landing, draw a line of salt. Recite, no further than here. Leave your objects in place on the staircase overnight. Do not proceed if anything seems amiss the next day. If all is well, however, proceed as follows. Evacuate all occupants of the house except the player. Gather up your sharp object and your second timekeeping device. Keep these items with you at all times. Begin at the precise time you commence the prelude. Stand the bottom of the staircase. Plant your feet. Do not move. After an hour has passed, mount the first step and turn on the fan. Face the top of the staircase. Plant your feet. Do not move. Do not turn around or look behind you. After the second hour has passed, mount the second step. Drink the entire glass of water. Face the top of the staircase. Plant your feet. Do not move. Do not turn around or look behind you. After the third hour has passed, mount the third step, making sure both of your feet are in or around the dirt spread across it. After the fourth hour has passed, mount the fourth step, take up the lighter or matches and light the candle. Make sure it does not go out. After the fifth hour has passed, mount the fifth step. Use the candle from the fourth step to burn the old picture of your home. Once the picture is unrecognizable or completely burned to ash, blow the candle out face the top of the staircase. Note, it may be helpful to hold the candle during step six and carry it with you at step seven. At no point should you turn around you or look behind you. Eight, after the sixth hour has passed, mount the sixth step. Take up the current picture of your home and rip it as many times as indicated by the roll of the dice, but do not allow it to fall to pieces. Nine, after the seventh hour has passed, mount the seventh step. Turn the clock forward as many hours as indicated by the roll of the dice on the previous step. Do not turn the clock backwards. 10. After the eighth hour has passed, mount the eighth step. Take a bite of the food offering and swallow it. Do not allow your face to betray any dislike or disgust. Show as much enjoyment as you can. 11. After the ninth hour ends, mount the ninth step. Pick up the mirror and look into it, focusing on your own face. Do not look at anything other than your face, no matter what might try to catch your eye. 12. After the 10th hour has passed, smash the mirror and mount the 10th step. Use your sharp object to bring forth a fresh drop of blood. Allow the drop to fall on the pile of ashes and dust. After the 11th hour has passed, mount the 11th step. Kill the insect. Face the top of the staircase. Plant your feet. After the 12th hour has passed, mount the 12th step. Take up the token. Oh, ew. Okay, I get it. Take up the token plucked from your body and swallow it whole. So not not the spider, but like your fingernails or your hair. That's so gross. Still really gross, yeah. After the 13th hour has passed, mount the final step. Keep your sharp object close. Close. The ending. Turn around. Good luck. The instructions, the instructions detailed here are designed for a home in which the occupants sleep on the second floor. If, however, you sleep on the first floor, simply reverse the instructions. That is, begin the ritual on the top step and work your way towards the bottom rather than starting at the bottom and working your way to the stop. If you do not have a staircase, you may still perform the ritual using a long hallway. Mm, hallways, Montana. No, I don't mess with hallways. 
In the case of a hallway, mark, mark the division between each step at regular intervals with a line of salt. Do not perform this ritual in a room. Do not perform it outside. Do not perform it in any small enclosed spaces. That's too much. That's, that's a lot. That's way too much. That is a lot. I think someone just made this up. I had never heard of that one, though. Gotta say, I had not heard of the staircase ritual. So, uh, there's that. <laughs> that's too much. And who has time? So you have to stay on each step for the hour that passes? That's just chilling? For 13 hours. Who has that time? Not me. Not me. I don't love it. <laughs> no. Yes. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, it's I don't, not worth it to me. I don't like any of these things where you, one, that 13 hours? No. Where you stand on the step for an hour? No, thank you. There are easier ways to get rid of a demon. That's why I'm like, what do you get out of it other than supposedly getting rid of a ghost or demon? I don't know. I think anything that uses parts of your body, I don't trust. No, it's like you're it's doing like, something... Yeah you're not supposed to be doing like you're summoning something else is what it feels yeah. like to me yes i hate it and you kill a spider like i don't like spiders at all but i had i still have a tough time killing insects i can't kill i can't kill them yeah except well i don't like stink bugs and, and like anything with more than four legs is great. well besides spiders but like those little like millipedes or like the earworm thing the earwigs yeah i hate those things oh, i don't like those, those creepy crawlies yeah, I, I but i don't. still don't like go out of my way to kill them yeah i wouldn't i don't like killing spiders i cry if i accidentally kill a spider. and then eat it no you're supposed to uh, eat the part the of you yeah your hair your nail or that's still gross unless it's like a nail you like disgusting. chip off and then you're just like all right disgusting i don't understand the purpose of some of these rituals like the bathtub game why do i want to be chased by a Fucking ghost. Well, what do you get out of it? That's what I'm saying. What is the purpose of doing it? Winning. There's other things to win. I agree. I'm just saying, like, I mean, like, to be fair, if my stupid little 12 year old ass had heard about these games, you bet your damn ass I'd do it. You bet your damn ass I would. Well, I remember we did an episode on um, the mirror games, and one game is like you break the mirror and you have to survive the bad luck to get mm -hmm. the good luck, but at least out of that, you get good luck. Yeah, and then so depending on the wish, though, isn't it like the 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 more bad luck, like the well, like older the mirror is. Luck? Yeah, the older the mirror is, so everything in that mirror, like you want a mirror that was like years and years old. Hell no, no thank you. I'm good. I don't play any of these games. No, but that one one just sounds boring to me. Yeah, not we worth it we because do thirteen hours. That's fucking crazy. And a lot of prep work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's a lot of like stuff to get. A lot. I mean, and I you're probably that... like you know summoning something. So I thought the elevator game was a lot. That one seemed like a lot too. Okay, this is from the Skinwalkers. Back to Skinwalkers subreddit. I figured let's try something totally different. Okay. And this is by um, user no underscore plan nine eight four zero, and this was about a week ago. Title is it fucking spoke to me. I like it. Yeah, it says I'm not one to post these kind of things. I mostly just have Reddit to look at bugs and read about roommate drama. <laughs> nice. 
but I had an experience in the woods one night almost 10 years ago that got brought up recently and I thought I'd share here. I, female 16 at the time, snuck out of the woods to go smoke weed in Lynn, Massachusetts woods at about 3 a.m. Same girl, I've been there. I did that. It's not a huge section of woods, just a little reservation smack dab in the middle of the Boston suburbs surrounding the local reservoir. I got to the entrance of the trail, parked my car, and made my way to the campsite, about a five-minute walk, where there were fire pits available. It was a popular smoking area for teenagers, and I was one of them. I set up to draw by the fire I had made and began to roll a joint. As I was rolling, I heard something on four legs come up from behind me. I didn't sweat it that much because where I'm from, the worst it could be was probably a coyote. But then you could hear it transition into two legs and walk with a bipedal gait. That confused me. Then everything went fucking silent. No crickets, no birds, nothing. The only thing I could hear at that point was the crackling of the fire and my own breathing. Then he became really concerned like something bad was about to happen. I call out thinking maybe it was just a homeless dude working up the courage to ask me for some food or some money since it was the city after all. I say hello and ask if anyone's there. Silence still for about a minute. Everything's telling me to run, but I stay because I thought if it was an animal trying to hunt me, I should stand my ground and make myself appear I'm not worth the risk. Then whatever it was, it talked. It sounded almost like a parrot mimicking its owner voice and it asked to bum a light. Can I bum a light? It said. At first I'm relieved because at least I know it's not an animal, but the way it spoke was truly uncanny. I said, sure, but you have to come out where I can see you. You're giving me the creeps, dude. And then it asked again and again, three times. Then I was really freaked and knew something was really wrong. I then told it to fuck off and said, yes, girl, and find someone else to ask if he was going to be creepy about it. Then it ran off on all fours. Ew. You could hear all four feet hitting the ground as it ran away. The crickets came back. The night birds started to chirp again, and the air felt warmer. That feeling of dread washed over me, and I knew I had to fucking book it. I calmly pack all my stuff back up, put out the fire, and make my way back down the trail to my car. I wanted to run, but part of me still believed it was just a dude trying to get creepy with a 16-year-old girl in the woods by herself, and if I played it cool and acted like I wasn't scared, maybe he'd back off. My mother always taught me to make a scene in that scenario, and I was prepared to knife whatever came at me. I also thought maybe if it was an animal, I wouldn't trigger its hunting instincts if I just walked instead of ran. But man, every hair on the back of my neck was standing up. That feeling of being watched is definitely real. I finally see my car about 200 feet ahead of me. I feel safe again, but I'm still on alert. I feel secure enough to look behind me. Oh, oh God. And sure enough, maybe 40 feet behind me is a male deer on its hind legs in the middle of the trail. I fucking freak. I've never seen a deer on its hind legs. I've never heard of a skinwalker. Never believed in anything like them at the time. I never even knew what they were. But I knew something about that image was seriously wrong. And I lost my composure and booked it to my car. I made it back no problem and drove off before I could even turn my headlights on. 
To this day, I'm 24, about to turn 25. I have never been back to those woods, or really any woods for that matter. I'm deathly afraid of nature now, which sucks. The very idea of spending a night in them makes me so anxious I feel nauseous. It wasn't until years later, when I fell into a YouTube rabbit hole in college, that I stumbled on a video that described... <laughs> Plus pedestrians. Yes, and alleged experiences people have had with them in the woods that I truly began to understand what I may have encountered that night. This shit is real. I don't know if they're as aggressive or dangerous as people make them out to be in the stories I've seen online, because in my experience, it seemed pretty curious and backed off when I confronted it, still thinking it was just a creepy dude looking to score. But to this day, thinking about it makes me shudder and I get a pit in my stomach. I'd love to hear your all's thoughts on this. I'd love to have this debunked even. I loved those woods and sort of want it to just have been a weird dude but I've heard some weird, very similar stories from the locals about those woods. And now I don't know what to think. Oh, I don't like that. What do you think? Flush pedestrian? Yeah. They, they mimic. Yeah. And everything's silent. Yeah. That seems to be a common theme. Mm-hmm. Everything goes silence. And remember, I've heard pure silence and it's terrifying. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Flush pedestrian? As- absolutely. 100%. A deer on its hind legs? No. That wasn't a deer. Fuck no. G actually will send me stories and like videos of animals that they're not animals. Like their eyes are wrong or they like are walking weird. No, they mimic. Or they're acting weird. Yeah, yeah they it's mimic. Fucking creepy. And they can mimic what you say. Yeah. And that's probably why he only said those three things. Yeah. Can I bum a light? Can I bum a light? Can I bum a light? Yeah. Three times too. Ugh. I know once you said three times, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't <laughs> like it. Uh, what are people commenting? I was going to say, actually, there's a really long comment here. Um, it's by Blood Lictor. And it said, fucking hell. I had a similar experience back during lockdown. Biking through a local trail at like 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Both of them at 3 a.m. What are you this guys doing? This is why I don't night hike, man. I, no. hate, I do not night hike. Uh-uh. Stopped to have a smoke break in a very open area. Turned off my lights to watch the stars in quiet. And as soon as I lit my lighter, I hear, hey. Could I get a light from behind me just oh, outside of the clearing? Oh my God. I turned around with the lighter still lit and caught the outline of a figure and the reflection of something large like glasses on their face. Guy asked, could I get a light? See, it's all he says. Again, before saying, hey, what's your name? Oh. Me wanting to see where the fuck they came from and who they were. I reached for the flashlight on the bike. And when he said it again, hey, what's your name? And for some reason that finally freaked me the fuck out. I grabbed the flashlight, turned it on, and nothing, not a thing, was anywhere in sight. I got the fuck out of those woods and generally tried not to think about what happened beyond thinking of rational explanations. I did not feel anything threatening until I went for the flashlight. I've been stopped by a pack of coyotes before. I could see or hear them, but I could feel something was off. This was different. It was calculating and smart. It stayed just far enough away that I couldn't see it well and give me a sense of security, but just close enough to still be a potential threat. It was intentionally disarming, and that is the part that scares me the most. Later on, I found out about old tales about spirits asking for your name in woods at night and would possess you if you gave it to them. Why would you give them your name? That made this experience even more unsettling. Still hasn't stopped me from doing stupid shit like that, but now I am way more cautious when I do it. 
You always know, like, stories we read, they seem to be smokers. Because they go out, like, late at night, and just weird shit happens late at night. You're like, I'm just going to go outside, take a smoke, and be like, oh, I think, pretty sure I saw an alien spacecraft that's going across in the sky. It's late at night. That shit comes out at night. So do you think entity, or do you think flash pedestrian? First story, flash pedestrian. Right, but the com- the guy, the This commoner- one entity because they're asking what your name was that and the fact that when he turned his flashlight on there wasn't anything he didn't see anything anywhere and the fact that it's 3 a.m in the middle of the woods yeah and someone's like hey and you're like what the fuck yeah and like staying like just out of sight but like just close enough like because for anyone that's actually been out in the woods at 3 a.m like i've mentioned many times movies do not do it justice it is pitch black no thank you you can't see anything out there oh someone uh in this mystique misha said so it repeated the exact same phrase can i bum a light three times the exact same phrase what was strange about the voice i've read cases of flesh pedestrians and mimics imitating the voices that they hear like yep. a mimic yep. who kept repeating the same phrase that it heard a man say because it didn't have any other vocabulary yeah that's what i mean it mimics <clears throat> Yep, I, yep. I was going to, that's why I said it, because I was like, yeah. Yep. <clears throat> Ew. Okay, listen to this one. This is by Godly Beer Gut, and it said, I had a similar encounter in a forested area in California. It's always a fucking forest. One night after having just moved there with my ex-girlfriend, a sudden feeling of intense dread and stillness came over it. us. It was night. Our two cats essentially became paralyzed and began to vomit when it <gasps> began to speak. It was speaking just like you said, a harsh, guttural, inward breathing sound, and it spoke like a very inhuman language. We moved out the next day and later found out the night after our encounter, our neighbor's house fully burned to the ground. So yeah, these things are not to be fucked with. So almost like, got a light. Oh, my goosebumps again have goosebumps. <laughs> I don't think that I don't think that's flash pedestrian though. The third one? Yeah. Mm, I don't know. That almost sounds like demonic. That does sound kind of demonic. Can can you imagine like going in the wood? No, no, I go in the woods all the time. No, (laughs) no. Oh god, yeah. It just makes me go like, bro. It sounds like you you smoked a little too much. You don't need a light. Yeah, I hate that. It's just when animals start going crazy mm-hmm. is when you're like okay what's happening yeah so that's fucking creepy that's creepy i don't like that at all i'm a hiker i know you are that shit terrifies me i don't think i can ever hike at night by myself i don't think i can ever hike anywhere by myself i admire you boo i just can't do it i'm too scared now after hearing all these stories but see the problem was when i hiked I never heard these stories. Now it's like I'm more cautious of it. So now I'm like, well, then I'm more cautious of it. So it's going to start happening. Like, it's dark out there at night. Nothing. And for all you late night night hiking people, you know, it's Mm. dark. I also don't like to night hike because that's when the animals come out and play. Yeah. Honestly, like, there's, like, entities and then there's, like, serial killers. And you got both. (laughs) And animals. Animals will kill you. And animals. Animals. Animal attacks. Yep, you got three big things. I'm gonna go with nope. Yeah, uh, Tony said he was night hiking one time, and because you have your headlamp on, 
and he came across a bear and he's like, I scared the bear. The bear scared me. And we just stared at each other. Whew, can you imagine? No, no, I literally cannot. I was listening to a national park after dark and it was about the um, Yellowstone uh, earthquake that happened in 1959. Horrifying. Add that to the list. Natural disasters. What are you going to fucking do? Because there was an earthquake and then, like, a fucking, like, mudslide, like, avalanche. And it just, like, killed 28 people. National parks are very beautiful, but very dangerous. Absolutely. People die all the time just from, like, getting too close to the edge or falling. And, like, I'm, like, I'm going to be the bitch that stays right on the trail. (laughs) Just, you know, respect it. Be cautious. Don't do stupid stuff. You don't need to have these crazy pictures taken to get yourself killed. Yeah, no, I'm good. People falling off cliffs for it's so fucking stupid. And I love Instagram and yeah. I love photos, but you gotta respect nature. On. Oh yeah, like you will not catch me hiking alone at night for one thing, or anywhere at night as a woman. But anyway, and you will never catch me in the never. middle of the ocean. Oh no, fuck. That's no. the middle of the ocean is more terrifying to me than camping at night. Same. 100% terrifying. So much stuff could happen to you. Um, I'm just terrified of a storm hitting you in the middle of the fucking ocean. I'm horrified. The ocean is scary. Because there's so many stuff about the ocean we have not discovered. Yeah, and like, what are you going to do against a huge ocean storm? Like, what are you going to fucking do? What are you going to do if a huge wave tackles you? You're going to die. And you're what? Like, hundreds of miles from shore? No fucking thank you. There are so many movies about people getting stranded out in the middle of the fucking ocean. No. I know. I'd be so dehydrated without a drop to drink. Like oh. you're surrounded by water and can't even drink it. It's what's know. horrible. And then if you do drink it, you get more dehydrated and hallucinate. No. It's not good. It's the worst case scenarios, of course. But no. Just respect nature. That's all I'm saying. Respect Mother Nature. Respect the national parks. Respect your oceans. Listen, I'm feeling like Mother Nature is getting real sick of us, and that's why we have orca whales attacking, attacking us, and hurricanes. Like I saw that everywhere. it's like they're teaming up, mm-hmm. and they're going, uh, they're going, um, they're attacking ships because yep. you're like you killed our, I don't know what to call pods, or you, yeah. you killed them, so mm-hmm. we're gonna kill you. And I'm like, that's terrifying. Oh yeah, I would. Find I have orcas? like I have Absolutely read books not. like this. Yeah, they're fucking getting revenge. You know, I don't blame them. I don't either. I get I it. I don't blame them. I understand. I mean, the fucking polar bears, we ruined the fucking Arctic. They're starving. Oh, watching oh, that video is so sad. I know. Because you're like, I don't want the seal to die. Because people can't I leave anything alone. Polar bear to die. I know. They can't leave anything alone. I know. Can't leave nature alone. Mm-mm. We just fucked it up. Yep. Still. The global warming's not real. Oh, yeah. Come on, it's not real. I can't. I can't with those people. I know. What's more scary, guys? Natural disasters, animal attacks, or paranormal encounters? Depends on the day, right? Yeah, it really depends on the day, the kind. No. I think I natural disasters. I don't know. It just yeah, takes you to be in the wrong me. place at the wrong time. Exactly. And then what are you going to do when it's a natural disaster? Look how many people have casually been on vacation doing a volcano hike. And then that's the day the volcano decides to erupt. Or think about the tsunamis. The one in Indonesia and the one in Japan. That shit was just like. Boom. Yeah. So fast. It happens. Tsunamis literally terrify me. These are the moments I'm glad I live in Ohio. 
same. We don't have very many natural disasters. No. We get a bad tornado every Tornadoes, once in a while. Yeah, that's about it. But we don't really have any bad natural disasters. We're not close to water. We don't have crazy blizzards here. Uh-uh. Nope. I think tsunamis scare me the most. I can see it. They're fucking terrifying. Mega tsunamis? Horrifying. Was that 1957 Alaska tsunami? Hold on, I'm gonna look this up because this shit was fucking crazy. Alaska? Mm hmm. You hear about that? No. I'll tell you about it in a minute. <laughs> I'll show you a picture. Yeah, 1958 Latuya Bay earthquake and mega tsunami. So basically. <sighs> okay. Um, <laughs> what was that? Because <laughs> I was looking at how many feet it fucking was. A notable exception was the 1958 tsunami triggered by a landslide in a narrow bay on Alaska's coast. Guess how big the wave was. I'm just going to let you try to guess. I'm not going to guess. I'm not going to guess. 1,700 feet. Jesus. Can you fucking imagine? It's the largest ever recorded for a tsunami. And it inundated five square miles of land and cleared hundreds of thousands of trees. That's terrifying. Yep. Horrifying. Ah, I wish I, I wish I had gotten like actual photos of it. Cause it just, here, look at that. That has like a graph of how big that wave would have been. Jesus. Yeah. No, thank you. Bigger than the Empire State Building? Get the fuck out of here. No, no. Anyway, so yes, I'm terrified of natural disasters, but I'm also fascinated. I mean, it's very fascinating. I will spend hours researching this stuff. Oh, and shout out to Garrett. He sent me a video of what would happen if the moon collapsed into Earth, which I did not need to see. Garrett, thank you. Everyone dies? Yeah, basically. What happens? Hold on, I think I have a video if you want to see it, because he just loves to send me creepy shit! (laughs) Fucking time! I'll watch it off pod. Yeah, so uh, this was a good episode. I love creepy Reddit stories. I do too. Sorry about the no sleep one, but eh, well, I think the bathtub one freaked me out though. The bathtub one creeped you out the most? Not the most. Probably the flesh pedestrian one freaked me that out That one the creeped most. me out the most. Like those get yeah. me because there's so many similar stories. Yeah. I don't like it. I mean, ugh. Can you just like imagine something no. that's going, Anna. No, stop. 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 <laughs> Ew. I'm by myself tonight. Stop it. <laughs> I'll, I'll be up late. So you can text Don't me. be sneaking into my house. Oh, girl, as if I would ever do that. I'm not that kind of person. I don't play pranks like that. I, that's fucked up. My no, dad would do that kind of Because shit. that's not like me. karma coming back. <clears throat> that's like you almost crying wolf. I absolutely would not do that to anybody. That's fucked up. No. I don't need to know someone I hated. It's cold. No. I know friends of ours that would do it. Oh, absolutely. But I am not one of them. Because I know how scary it is. Mm -hmm. So. Okay, guys. Well, I think that wraps us up. You can follow us everywhere at Bitches Don't Brunch Podcast. We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok. We're on YouTube. We're on Patreon. We have extra content on Patreon. Um, I'm trying to do more Patreon content. And Montana is doing more podcast content. So, Please, 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 if you are not, subscribe to us. And even if you are subscribed to us on Apple, you should subscribe to us on Spotify so we can get to um, enough listeners on there that we can make money because that would be really cool. Um, you can email us with suggestions or stories or anything at podcast at gmail.com. 
You can follow Montana at mbigsky. You can follow me at spellbowperiodpoet. Um, and yeah, please feel free to DM or anything. Give us suggestions. What do you guys want to hear? We'll probably do another poll after the high school <laughs> letters episode drops and we'll see if that changes the polls at all. And uh, maybe we'll do a restaurant episode. I would love a restaurant episode. If anyone has any good restaurant stories, I am here for it. I have so many. I could ask just like some of my friends that I've known have worked in restaurants forever and be like, give me some restaurant stories because they all fucking have them. I know so many people in restaurants. Do it. You will. So let us know if you guys maybe are interested in that. And uh, yeah, I think that uh, that should wrap us up, huh? Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see you soon, guys. And be sure to check out Montana's mini-sodes. And be sure to check out extra content on Patreon because we love you. Uh, We'll see you next time, guys. See you on the next one. Bye. Bye.